This is Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. Hello, our friend. Welcome once again to your program, The Heart of the Church. We are so happy to have you here and studying with you. My name is Emmanuel Lai, your host, and we have in the studio Gloria Osei-Bafo and Frank Opokubwahin. These have been our friends always coming here to have the study with us. Thank you so much. We'll have a prayer with Frank as we start the program. Almighty Father, we thank you that you are with us. Now that we are about to open your word, we ask your Holy Spirit to guide us into your truth. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Uh-huh. Amen. And um, we are looking at creation, creation. So speaking of uh, history, some artifacts and things like that. Maybe you want to start with the archaeologist findings and those old time, what they have seen creation to be. Can you give us an intro, um, Gloria? Um, with the ancient times, even before these scriptures were written, every society has its own myths, legends and all that. And there were stories, accounts, with regards to the origin of man and the whole world as we see it. And there are notions that the Bible writers might have borrowed from such uh, notions, such accounts. And we have, we are told that archaeologists discovered uh, some pieces of writings in the Near East and Egypt. And in it, on, uh, in the account, the Epic of Atrahasis, there, there's an account of uh, God instead of man. God did the work. God was bearing the loads. The load was too much for God. And then the gods decided to create man to at least offload the burden to man. And then in that there was a sacrifice with one of the gods. The, uh, the blood was mixed with clay okay. to form man and all, all those things that to some people they have the notion that the Bible writers might have borrowed from these ancient accounts to have written the creation story. Quite interesting then. But uh, Frank, maybe you can come in and look at, let's put this in perspective, uh, the the stories that we are looking at. And let's see if there are some similarities, maybe differences also between the two stories. So maybe we can summarize, if well, let's look at some facts from the stories that we are mentioning. The Atrahesis epic that my sister referred to is also an account of creation. But we as Christians, we believe the account of creation as portrayed in the scripture. Okay. Well, there are some similarities because they all deal with creation, so they are similar. Mm-hmm. But the difference is that in the creation accounts, as we know in the scripture, God created mankind. God did the work for mankind. But in this account of the ancient things, they now think that human beings are now to work so that the gods will rest. But that is not also how our creation account looks like. And so they are at variance. Okay. And then maybe, I think we have some more points you can uh, continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, uh, man was formed, seven men and women were formed out of the blood of the slain god mixed with clay. Yes, it is true that the biblical accounts depicts that man, that was Adam and Eve were formed out of clay 
of the earth and then the breath of God. So there's an element of clay that with respect to mixing blood of a sacrificed God with the clay to form man and woman, we do not have any such account. So it can be that the biblical writers borrowed from this account. Can you conclude for us with the third point? Uh, Frank? Yeah, you see that they may be thinking of conflict and the rest, but here we do not see any kind of conflict in the Christian story as depicted in the scripture. More so, the Christian story as we see in the scripture describe it describes an omnipotent God who makes provision for humanity. And then again, he created mankind for a, a dignified purpose. But if you look at the Atrahasis epic, you don't see something like that. So it makes that this Christian story as depicted by the scripture stands out from all the others that we have possibly encountered. In fact, thank you so much because then others were thinking the other way around. Men did the work and the gods rested. But we understood that it's God who did the actual work of creation. And our friend, if you are still with us, thank you so much for being with us. Creation was done by God. He created and not some other gods or some other scientific notion that brought us into being. We thank God for giving us such a study. And so we're looking at the Genesis versus paganism. And I'll start with you, Frank. Um, Genesis seems to have been written in a way that, I mean, it will refute that notion of God somewhere. And uh, I mean, all kinds of theories, just that God is God. That's what Genesis supports. I want us to look at that, that contradiction between the Genesis story and then paganism. Okay. If we are looking at it from the point of view of the scripture. Now let's look at this myth, some of the myth in the past or even in the ancient literature. People were worshipping the sun. People were worshipping the moon and the rest. Now in order not to create that kind of conflict in the scripture, if you look at the Genesis account of creation, specifically with the sun and the moon, they were not called by that names. They were identified as lesser light and greater lights. That is also to point us to the fact that they have a purpose other than being worshipped. You understand? Their purpose was to more or less give demarcations in time. Other than being worshipped. But for them, they were worshipping the creatures rather than the creator. But for us, we are worshipping the creator other than the creature. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll continue. You mentioned the term sun and moon. Because they were worshipped, they were not really mentioned at the beginning stages of the creation. So Gloria, maybe we can look at um, how God... Uh, maybe let's look at a scripture text first to answer this question. We're taking from Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. If you can read for us and then we come to our question. Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. So we are looking at God being intimately part of the creation with man. Can you give us an insight into that, please? Yes, the creation story. As we saw yesterday, uh, man was created 
by God. He formed man in his own image from the dust of the ground and then he breathed his life into us in his own image just as this is depicted here but one thing that's between paganism and uh, creation even in our days you see paganism would want to attribute the, uh, the creative power or supremacy to the creature instead of God in our, in our settings mostly let's come to issues with Mame Wata, uh-huh. river gods, and all that. Some would say we have uh, we need to pacify the gods. People would just take something as mere as an egg created by God. <laughs> and that egg alone, if you are dealing with someone, nothing else would move someone unless you pick the egg uh-huh. to say, I'm calling on whichever God. Then the person would make sure the right thing. Is done. So we end up giving that uh, reverence to the creature rather than God. In the ancient times, people were worshipping the sun and the moon, and the creation story still points us back to all these, that they are just part of the creation, but the creator himself is God, which Christians we worship. Thank you so much. And uh, maybe we can just quickly look at the aspect of God creating as she has said it's God who creates but Genesis presents a way of correcting a lot of notions about various various misconceptions about creation just give us a brief summary of that one to close some people think that the creation story or the creation of man is more or less after God has created everything and he came to realize that he needed man to live in the earth but you see the creation story is an orderly event. He has ordered it. God could have used just one day to command as he did. He spoke and the things just came just like that. Let the grass come and the, the grass come. Let there be light and there is light. So he could have said all those things in one day. But because he is a God of order, he did them orderly. So that orderliness refutes the idea of some of the things created by God being an afterthought. Yes, yes. You see it? It is an order. So let the order follow. Thank you. Thank you so much. This afterthought business, uh, uh, and I, I like the way you mention it, is planned before yes. it comes to being. I don't know. Maybe, Gloria, I don't know if you also mentioned something about the afterthought business because... For me... One thing that a lot of people have been battling with, not just the creation of man, especially with the creation of woman. Okay. That's yes. After God created everything, then realized, hmm, okay, man will need woman, so why don't we add woman? What do we say about those ones? Have you heard about that? Yeah. <laughs> so then, like I mentioned, you see, we have already studied the link between creation, the fall, and the cross. So if we should buy this idea, then we're also going to think that the cross is also an afterthought, you understand? Mm-hmm. But God, being the omnipresent God, the omnipotent God, He knows everything in His own wisdom, created that sequence of events. So number one, number two, number three. Okay. And it follows until it and ends. And this even makes sense that God created something like the sea before He created the fishes of that course. would reside in there. And woman had to be created out of man. 
right? Woman was created out of the rib of the man. Mm -hmm. So the man had to be created first before the woman was created. I like the way you put you put the sequences and I think it's it's an enlightenment so that we don't think, oh, let's create woman because there's no woman to take care of them. And with this topic, creation and time, I believe the Bible is telling us it follows a particular system, a way of adding up to know what is happening over the time. Maybe, Frank, you throw a little light on that for us, that system. Yeah. The creation account, as we have identified from the scripture, is real. And one element makes or, or endorses this point, and that element is time. Now, if you look at the beginning of the world, the people who lived, for instance, Adam, because of the time element, his age was being, we were we able to calculate the number of years he lived on earth. And before that, it has also been segmented. He lived some years before he gave birth to some people, and after he gave birth, he still lived some years and the rest. So we see that their um, life on earth can be measured along timelines. And in the context of creation, it can also be measured along timelines. So these issues or this fact of time or this element of time makes creation more real. It makes it more real indeed. And maybe to even go a little in-depth into that, you mentioned genealogy, uh, sort of. I want maybe you can throw more light, uh, Gloria, on the genealogy that we have from when the creation started to see how the time has gone also. Mm -hmm. You see, with Genesis 5 and 11, uh-huh. it gives us the exact genealogy okay. from Adam, that is creation, to Noah, the time of the flood, and from Noah to Abraham. And these two chapters, we are told, have what? Historical and then theological uh, significance. Because historically, linking us back to creation, it gives us that history, the outline of uh, uh, generations. But it has that theological implication on our faith because, yes, linking all us back to human, uh, the first man to be created, that is Adam, to the rest of humanity. And then Adam's genealogy is created, outlined to that of Abraham. And Abraham is the father of our faith. So it has a lot of uh, theological Implications. It's not just giving us an outline of history, but to point us to the father of our faith that he also assisted as part of what creation right from Adam through to him. Okay, and so if we can point to him, then we know it is uh, an accurate account for creation to tell us where it's starting from up to the point of Adam. But you see that sometimes there will be some, I mean, arguments and what not that people may want to put here and there. I think we should use a scripture to look at uh, this particular aspect. What we do when we meet issues with uh, people giving us context from different backgrounds and becoming even more argumentative. And let's look at uh, maybe First Timothy chapter 1 verse 4 and then maybe we can quickly add Titus chapter 3 verse 9. If you can read for us quickly, Frank. Titus chapter 3 verse 9. The Bible says, But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. Let's see this other one also. First Timothy chapter one, verse four. First Timothy one four. Nor give heed to the fables and endless genealogies, uh-huh. which 
cause disputes rather than godly edification, which is in faith. So as we use it to edify ourselves, I mean, there's a danger to also become what? Uh, make it into fa- fables and give us problems. Can you enlighten us on that? So all this that we have said today, they are trying to point to us to the fact that the Christian account as we have in the scripture is real. That is the basic and that is the foundation. If we really accept that the Christian account is real, then that's fine. But we should also be mindful of how we are going to impute our own interpretation saying that from the time of the flood, trying to estimate the number of years, the exact period that a flood came and the rest. This is what Timothy and Titus are talking about. That we should not worry ourselves on some of these things because they are vain. If you understand or you know the exact period within which the flood took place, what does it do for you? Okay. So these are some of the things that we need to be careful when we are trying to understand the scripture. So I presume that salvation is key. We should look at the Bible interpreting or understanding it for our good, for salvation's sake. You are welcome once again, my friend. The Lord bless you for having time to listen to his words. I am Pastor Stephen Opukuare. Before the word of God, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, you are the creator of the universe. Today too we come before thee, O Lord, wanting to listen to your word. Father, speak and give us the ears to listen. We ask that you help our listeners wherever they are, solve their problems so that they can have time for you always. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Very nice coming to you again with the word of God. Today, our topic is also very interesting. And our scripture is taken from Psalm 55, verse 6. Psalm 55 and verse 6. But before I read, our topic is praying for wings. Praying for wings. Let us hear the word of God. Psalm 55 and verse 6. The Bible says, So I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. This was the prayer of David. At a time when he was in trouble, the Bible says that he was so overwhelmed with his problems and trouble that he wished That he had wings so he could fly and get away with all those troubles and problems. It is the prayer of a lot of people. I know people are asking, why did I even come here? Why Ghana? Why Africa? Because we are suffering. Problems here, problems there. Especially during this period when everything has come to a standstill because of a tiny virus. All of us may fly, might fly if we had wings. But I want to encourage you. The Lord is with you and he is with us. No matter what is going on in our lives, he has everything it takes to deliver us. Yes, we may have wanted to fly away. But do you know you cannot fly and get away with the problems. You go with the problems. By flying away, you cannot get away from yourself. 
No matter where you go, your restlessness will go with you. So we cannot fly and leave our problems here. No, we will by all means fly with them. So do the temptations and the worries and the sicknesses and what have you. I, I am very sure that none of us would have liked that he was dead before COVID-19 arrived in Ghana. No, our God is there for us. We cannot deceive ourselves. No matter the troubles, our God is ready to help us. You know, our heart sometimes deceives us. In the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9, the Bible says that the heart is deceitful and no man can trust it. There is no way we can trust our heart. And so if you think that you have to rush somewhere, you have to go there, you have to do something in your own way in order to get out of your troubles, never. It will not work. It will not work. You cannot fly away from your conscience. So if something is troubling you, your conscience, you feel guilty. You can't fly away with it. You need to face it Confess your sins so that the Lord will help you and then you can be free even though you will not fly away. My friend, the, in, in the stillness of the night, Lady Macbeth one day wandered through the lonely halls of her castle, accused by no one but her own conscience. So you see that this woman, Lady Macbeth, was wondering. She, could, she had everything but then her conscience was killing her. So you cannot fly. I cannot fly away from my obligations, which I have to my family, my church, and my fellow men. You can't do anything otherwise. You cannot say, I want to run away because I don't have the means to take care of my family. I want to run away and go to another continent or country because COVID-19 has come to Ghana. Now it is everywhere. So how do you fly? You can't fly. All you can do Oh, so that you can stay and face your troubles squarely is to trust in Jesus. Yes, because no matter what, human beings will fail. Everywhere, human beings are the same. Everywhere, human beings have troubles. Above all, we cannot fly away from God. We can't. In fact, if we climb to the highest mountains, the Bible says God is there. If we go to the loneliest wilderness, the Bible says we cannot escape him. If we want to find peace, then it is only God we must fly to and not flying away from him. Hallelujah. If you can have peace, if you can have hope, if you can trust that it shall be well, then you have to find this Jesus Christ, our Lord and King. Your happiness, your peace, your stability, your healing is to be found nowhere than God, with God. And by living at peace with your fellow men. If you are at peace with your fellow men and you trust in the Lord, then no matter the troubles, you can be sure that there is no need looking for wings to fly. David learned this lesson, friends, and so he discovered that he could not find rest by running from place to place. Only at one place could he find real contentment and therefore he said when he was closing the same Psalms, the same Psalms, Psalm 55 and verse 22 and 23, the Bible tells us when David was closing the hymns, he saw that he could not 
under any circumstance, run away, fly away. So he says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. Hallelujah. If we shall cast our burdens, our troubles, our problems, our diseases, our sicknesses, Whatever problem we have, whatever challenge we are facing, oh, he shall sustain us. The Lord Jesus shall sustain us. Only in Christ and through Christ can we find the rest and peace that we so desire. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My friend out there, I want to assure you, that if you will trust Jesus and give your life to him and believe in him, you will not need wings. He will save you. God bless you for listening. It is my prayer that whatever problems you are going through, the Lord will lift you up from it and save you and give you eternal rest. We would like to hear from you. So call us on the number plus 233 Plus two three three five zero one five six one eight four nine. You can also email us at the address Adventist World Radio GH at gmail dot com. Adventist World Radio GH at gmail dot com. You can also write a letter to us using the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana, Northern Ghana Union Mission of Adventists, P.O. Box KS. 17564 Edum Kumase, Ghana, West Africa. For AWR Ghana, I am Bell. May God bless you. AWR Ghana, voice of hope. Voice of hope.